have been running our whole lives. Pete, I'm done running. And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike here, as well as we travel around the galaxy one last time with James Gunn and the Guardians, the Outlaws, the Ravengers. This is our review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Michael. Yes, I think we were going to cover this movie no matter what, but it's it's fun that we're covering this movie in an entire film study because, you know, the movie's good enough to merit as much. And uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about in terms of MCU and the and the overall questions involved in that. And uh, yeah, we got a good movie to, to to study here, so this is fun. This is a fun movie, and it's uh, it was received a little polarizingly, but we'll get into all of that. If you've not joined us before for a movie review or an Oscars review, this will be probably kind of both, but this probably doesn't have Oscars legs, maybe in a couple of categories. We will touch on that, but nonetheless, this will be two reviews for the price of one. The first half will be all non-spoilers, so if you've not made it out to the theater to see Guardians 3 yet, do not worry. We will not spoil anything about the plot or the twists and turns for you in the first half of this review. The second half will be our spoiler-filled review. We go in, in and out of of the plot and all the twists and turns and our thoughts on them therein. But like I said, that you are in a safe space right now. If you've not seen the movie, the first half will be all the non-spoiler stuff, a lot of stats, figures, expectations, reviews, viewing experiences, etc. So, Michael, where do we want to begin with this? Well, let's start with that reception because the critic score right now on Rotten Tomatoes is 81%. But like you, I was following along with the initial reactions uh, from last week to early this week. And, and there were a lot of mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of tweets out there saying that this is kind of a disjointed movie. It's very dark. It's it's not what I hoped for. I mean, the, the 65 meta score, which is usually an initial immediate score from critics that IMDb tabulates or at least uh, exhibits, you know, that is a good indicator of what that first reaction is. And 65 Agreed. is not a great meta score. And yet, audience scores are 95%, 8.4 out of 10. I think we are much more towards the audience than the critics. And I think uh, lately you're seeing a lot more positive critics reviews because all of them are lemmings. And we, we know this now. They're lemmings. Now, I'm not going to go and call them words like Eric calls them, but they do follow the trend. And there's a there bit is of a, a parade. Pundit, pundit parade issue mm-hmm. uh, within professional criticism these days. We have talked about that here as well. Yes. Um, I, but, and yet, I guess, along those lines, upon debut, we were kind of surprised at how measured some of the takes were. And now we're here and we're like, oh, those those measured takes are wrong. <laughs> I come away from the movie and I'm like, how does how does people how do people come away like mixed? Like this is very structurally yeah. sound. This is a crowd pleaser. They this is the Toy Story three of the Guardian series. Like, I mean, it's if, the best it's the best Marvel movie since No Way Home. Abs- easily. I'm without question, right? <laughs> like a easily. finger roll. Not a and, Jason Tatum finger roll, because he can't make those in the playoffs anymore. But anyone else on a finger roll. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not a bitter Boston we're, fan right we're, now. Yeah. We're also dealing with our <laughs> NBA fandoms, and if you guys don't know, I'm a ravenous, a ravager Knicks fan, and I, I just, I'm at, I'm at a low point. And Mike mm-hmm. was talking me off a ledge literally for a half hour before we hit record. <laughs> finally, uh, or you're talking, you're, you're literally talking me off the ledge like a lemming. I think because mm-hmm. I don't yeah. trust you. 
That's fair. You shouldn't. You're like the doctor <laughs> in Queen Charlotte. You're you're not to be trusted. I'm Chris Pine in the Wish trailer that we just talked about. Like I sound happy, but there's evil intent there. <laughs> you want my wishes. <laughs> uh, the box office for Guardians of the Galaxy. It's gonna be one fourteen. Uh, domestic, uh, another 168 overseas for a 282 cum, including Not China. Bad. Not bad. Uh, box office, uh, IP, reliable IP, whatever you want to call it. Legacy IP, standard IP, bankable IP. Uh, Mario just hit 500 million domestically, which was like the 19th film ever to do that on the heels of Top Gun and Avatar 2 doing, at least Top Gun did. I think Avatar 2 did it as well last yeah. year. Um, 1.16 billion. Yeah, crossing the billion dollar mark worldwide as well. This one's obviously off to a hot start, over 100 million on its opening weekend. So these, uh, again, you know, box office is back for the reliable, bankable IP, whatever, the adapt- adaptable IP and horror, at least. Yeah, Evil Dead Rise with, uh, you know, over 110 this weekend mm. worldwide, and it's going to go over like 140, 150 by, by the time it's all said and done. So, look, I think this is good for movie theaters, sure. uh, even though it's a, you know, I, I, I saw some projections out there that were kind of too high for Guardians. It, it's going to do what worldwide? It's going to do 750, 800 million, and that's, I would think. that's what the others did. Yeah. So why is that a bad thing if the third movie does very well? It was a lit. I mean, look for uh, much as much as I wanted the Mario Guardians double offering in a couple weeks span there to be a litmus test on the the nation's palatability of uh, Chris Pratt lately. Yeah, they, they like him. Everybody still likes him, and he they was like, likable in this movie. But you know what? He's not the main guy necessarily in this. No, movie. James Gunn definitely gave this last this send off to other Guardians characters right. without question. And it's it's like the first film. It's more of an ensemble where the yeah. second film focused on peter quill so much because of his origin story i I gotta be honest with you i think i like the first and thirds uh, of the of this trilogy better than the second i mean the second you know it's something i've banged the drum on forever when you know you're getting a trilogy the second chapter is by far the most difficult it is so it doesn't surprise me to hear you say that yeah and i would agree with you and yet rewatches of the second movie are fun. fun And we we did that with our Marvel rewatch series uh, for that matter. But uh, yeah, man, my expectations were very high and they were met here, which is not something you can say for all of the recent Marvel films for certain, like uh, other than No Way Home, even the good ones, even the Black Panther, Panther Wakanda Forever, Mm -hmm. even a movie that the two of us like, like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. You know, some people really didn't like that movie, but we're both fairly high on it. Solid B film, whatever. Yeah, I think I was B minus. I mean, but this is what you've been getting from Marvel lately. Like, I didn't see Quantum Mania, but that's probably more indicative of my feelings towards how Marvel's been lately. The Eternals, I think I was a B on or a B plus. I liked it, but I was higher than most people. I feel yeah. like. Uh, uh, what am I? What am I missing? But, here? Le- but let's be honest: the, the Thor, Love and Thunder, Doctor yeah. Strange, Ant Man, Quantum Mania. No matter how much you like them, and I think there are highs and lows to each film, and there's definitely charms to each film. And and pick your favorite character: Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Obviously, had elevated stakes because of of Chadwick's right. uh, passing. But we, but those other three. They were like these episodic, just good times at the movies, fine times at the movies. Ultimately, they are huge disappointments compared to their previous films. Or in right. Ant-Man's case, you got no choice but to you know, compare it to like the Avenger films because it's supposed to build the big bad for the next 20 movies. And I thought they bungled that. Obviously, well, real life has yeah. done so 
even worse. But Mike, we like there's no escaping that the MCU has been disappointing. It's been overstretched of late. And here's an example, Guardians 3 of the MCU, you know, reminding us why we love it so much. Well, Kevin Feige and Disney certainly can just bank on James Gunn being there and putting forward a great product, and hopefully he's someone they can invite in and maybe give an executive role to to make sure he doesn't go to any other studio. Yeah, right. Oh, no. Oops. Feel, whoopsie. <laughs> I feel like this is the, the part in Babylon where, uh, you know, the Manny Torres character goes to the other studio, and he's, he's talking to Flea in the back mm-hmm. line. Yeah, anyway. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm worried for the MCU now that he's 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 gone to a degree because this was this was talk about proof of concept yeah. concept or we were talking about proof of concept in terms of NBA. I'm bringing the NBA conversation <laughs> into our freaking by the oh, end of this episode. It's just going to be it's MF just going to be Knicks players. and Celtics. Yeah. yeah, you'll be talking Celtics constantly, and mm-hmm. I'll be talking Knicks constantly, and I'll be like, I just want a good team to move on. I want a young team. I want proof of concept. I don't want to trade everybody. Anyway, proof of concept for Marvel when it was really humming, was the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie because it showed that they could take characters that were not recognized as as huge IP necessarily, not recognizable, and make them work. And now you've built them into perhaps, I mean, some of the best payoffs of the entire uh, yeah. series. Yeah. Overall. Uh, no question. No question. And it's you know i saw a lot of people too say like i'm excited for what marvel has in store for phase 5 after seeing this i don't know that it does much to build marvel's future i kind i mean we get the tease at the end which we'll talk about but like i i i don't know about that but i think as a self-contained watch and certainly as a means of capping off where these characters started from a decade ago it, you get more than you bargained for i think so here's my question for you though does a a marvel win help the next Marvel film. Just just based on, I went to an MCU movie, it was good, like No Way Home, and then the next movie benefits, I believe it was Doctor Strange, just because? Because that, I think that happens. I think if people go to the movies yeah. and have a good time, they're more apt to go to the movies again. It's period. better than the opposite. I mean, I, I couldn't have been less excited about seeing Guardians 3 off the back of Quantumania's tepid reception. You know what I mean? I didn't even I mean even see Quantumania and I was disappointed by the last, you know. I mean, I like Black Panther obviously, but I'm I'm coming off of thinking about Doctor Strange too and all these the Eternals was kind of blah like we said. So yeah, I think there's definitely some kind of continuity uh, of success. I I'm still waiting for like what is the overall story going to be? I think they should punt. Truthfully. They have to. I mean, they have, I mean, Jonathan Majors can't be welcome back. I, I think they should punt on this multiverse storyline. Use the use the TV shows to play it out or something. I think they should punt. I think they should refigure out uh, how to do it with their writers after the strike is over. Yeah, maybe hopefully pay them in, well first. <laughs> hopefully in, in short in short order, and make the smart move here, Kevin Feige, and say, look, building this whole series. On a, on a character whose ass we're going to whoop in the first movie by our weakest heroes. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, I know that's a slight spoiler or whatever for the Ant-Man movie, but Christ almighty, we're going to build 20 movies on that or whatever, even 10 movies on that character who then gets into the worst scandals going. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, uh, that's, that's the bigger part of this, obviously, of course. is that he's, I mean, they can't, He's not going to be welcomed back by any studio anytime soon, the actor. 
no, he's being fired by everybody. Right. So dropped by by all of his people. It's, so maybe Marvel is being kind of put into a corner story wise here, and that. I mean, obviously, they weren't going to make any changes to this movie on the back of that news because it, it was already in right. the can and ready to go. So it will be interesting to see. But as for my money, look, I didn't see Quantumania. And yes, Kang was supposed to be the big bad. And we'll see what happens there. But this movie was done before the majors news, like we just said. There's no indication that they to me that they have like this big grand plan going forward. If I'm just watching the movies, we're still just kind of doing these single shot things. They're building it towards the next Avengers team up storyline which involves Kang the Conqueror. So who are your Avengers? Well, it's 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 them kind of starting off with the same old, right? Group of Thor, Doctor Strange, Guardians here. And then next the next few years you're going to go out and we're going to get uh I mean in 2024 we're ending with Blade supposedly if if they yeah, actually which shoot stop it. production, yep. Then there's Thunderbolts, which is Florence Pugh and Julia Louis-Dreyfus's team uh, of, of whatever, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and then Captain America, New World Order, is is that group from, from the TV show. So Anthony Mackie and such. So we just have a bunch of groups now? We don't have an Iron Man or a Captain America? We got a bunch of groups, but the Iron Man and Captain America, I'm guessing... Uh, they got to come from Thor, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, you know, Shuri, Black Panther, etc. Right? They're going to get their asses kicked. There's no leadership there. <laughs> or the new cap, <laughs> Anthony Mackie. But, yeah. uh, but, then, but then that builds into the last fit, like Blade, Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, and then Avengers. So, I mean, they got enough heat. They got enough great characters that they can build into it. Never mind if you bring Spider-Man back at some point, at least for then, right. maybe that's what they worked into the deal. Like that's when ha- Tom Holland, you know, he's coming back for if not the Kang Dynasty, then Avengers: Secret Wars, which is back to back years, twenty twenty five, and then twenty twenty six, that ends the multiverse saga. So I mean, look, I would punt, but I'm not in charge of the <laughs> few billion dollars worth of uh, <laughs> you know moving machinery here. But if they don't punt, then they gotta they got to fix the, the, the Jonathan major situation in terms of recasting him or something. Cause uh, that, that's not going to work the way that's going. Of course. I mean, they've done it before, right? I mean, the MCU wasn't as big, but they've recasted major roles going from, uh, Oh, I can't yeah, think of his to Ed there. Norton, incredible Hulk. Well, that, that's not but even also, what I was thinking of, but Donald, uh, Don, Don Cheadle, right. Replacing, uh, why can't I think Terrence Howard? There you go. Terrence, yeah. Terrence Howard. So Good. they've done yeah. it before. That's a little bit bigger of a change, taking much big, bigger, your much heavy. bigger, much much bigger, and much there's bigger. much more at stake. I mean, there though, when those changes were made, the Hulk was kind of a standalone property. It was only the second MCU movie. The Don Cheadle change came in like Iron Man two, I think, which was the third MCU movie. We didn't even know what the MCU was at that point, you know. So uh, it's been about a decade and a half, and several billion since. Hmm. But like I keep banging the table for this principle, though I think I think a good Marvel movie helps the the Marvels. I, I agree. This winter, and, and and some people are really down on that marketing. I think it's working. I think people in the theater are laughing, and we kind of already did our original composition thoughts. But people in my theater were having a really good time. Same. 
despite the fact that this is dark subject matter. They had a good time during the Marvels trailer, and and you said it was one of the rowdier theaters you've been a part of. Yeah, it was. It was a great theater. They were reacting to everything. There was a ton of laughs in this, and that's why. Look, I get the the mark and the demarcation that this is dark subject matter, and there's like accusations of animal cruelty going on within this, which we'll touch on. But to me, this was one of the that notwithstanding, and we will talk about that. And that is a big if, and I'm not brushing that aside. But nonetheless, this was one of the funnier Marvel scripts I can remember. Like there were some legitimate laugh out loud moments that my entire theater was reacting to. He's a cruel god, James Gunn, <laughs> yeah. in his movies. Now that that being said, and, and I agree with you, there's thresholds to the menace of I would say animal cruelty in mm. this, and. and it's there. It's there. Obviously, it's the backdrop because yeah, right. you're dealing with Rocket's backstory. Sure. And, and, you, and we we all know he was a scientific experiment coming into this film. So you're going to have to face that fear. Like, it's a Toy Story 3 thing. Like, you know, it's that you're facing you're facing that level of annihilation. Now, I think this movie does that for very clear points and they don't mince words. This is an animal rights movie. This is a movie about animal equality. I mean, you just judging by the cast and the ensemble, Rocket is smarter than humans. All the humans. You have animal animals that are not even smarter, but more capable, more you know, more loving, more, more lo- yeah, loyal. Everything. I mean, you have multiple animals in this film that are personified to the point where you know animals are viewed as equals, and then obviously, the, I think the movie drives that home, which so. are also used as the the emotional crux too. I mean, the lives of those animals are, are, are used as the emotional backdrop. Those for a four lot of scenes. Yeah. Those four characters, Mike, I would die for oh. them thousand times over. I, I Who would was give... it? Linda Cardellini. Is that the voice? Yes, I mean, as if Linda I wouldn't Cardellini. have done enough for her already, but her voice exactly. in that adorable animal. Yeah, of course. Uh, absolutely adorable. And, uh, I, yeah, it, most, most of these backstories don't work. In, in movies for me anymore it's just like i can see the scaffolding they bother me i know exactly where they're going and i i, I don't get emotionally invested when there's a flashback b storyline they james gunn used the flashback b storyline it collides beautifully with this this story to the point where it sets the whole third act and we're devastated by yeah. how emotional this story is throughout. In the way that when we reviewed Air, I was like, look, Ben Affleck's got a style and I would trust him directing anything. Like, James Gunn, I, I'll follow him into a pit of fire now. I was so down on the DCEU, but like this guy, whether it was Suicide Squad or whether it is this movie or the entire Guardians trilogy, he doesn't disappoint. He hits his story marks and he hits them hard. Would you think he's he's kind of going back over his last five years? with this storyline and and apologizing in many ways because his Twitter, he made a lot of awful jokes on his Twitter. And a lot of people have been theorizing over the last few days, especially with the whole second chances motif, people deserve second chances motif in in this story that, I mean, it's the whole guardians of the galaxy that he, he is apologizing for again. He's apologizing again for his tweets from from years ago and he was fired and rehired for this yeah. movie after the entire industry came to bat for him look do i think it's directly that i have no idea i think that type of thing is certainly something that doesn't leave one's right. mind it has to it has to. right 
color the story, at least the the emotions of it. And obviously, when you state the theme in a movie like this, yeah, I mean, it makes total sense. Uh, so I don't think that I don't think people are going out on limbs for that. We we did kind of talk about the story quite a bit. We're we're all over the dock here, but I I would go into performances now with you, and I I think we both have the same favorite three people. We both love. <laughs> Karen Gillan, Palm Clementif, and Dave Bautista's uh, Nebula, <laughs> Mantis, and Drax. My God, they're—I mean, they number one, they're hilarious. Yes, and then they each have like these emotional moments. Yes, I, I, I... <laughs> this is going to sound <laughs> ridiculous. Why wouldn't uh, uh, Karen Gillan get nominated? She is. I mean, I know she won't, and in no world will she. She is so good. That is such a character that she is playing. Yeah. And she can't go above or below this decibel level with every line she delivers, and yet she has to convey all these different emotions throughout that kind of monotone reciting, whether it's saying a hilarious line, or, you know, that, that you left out some important pieces, but yeah, that's the gist of it, or whether it's saying like these overly emotional, like... She's so freaking good at this character. I was blown away by her in this movie. But that, again, like you're saying to kind of preface all this, James Gunn didn't give this movie to Star-Lord. This is the Drax Mantis Nebula movie. I, I agree because I think she's the un, unsung hero in many respects. And she's the character that has grown the most because she switched sides so often. Mm. She's been the, uh, you know, the kind of the trickster hero character or whatever. And she's Mrs. Card. Nick Kocher. Did you know that? Our, our friend of the show here, Nick Kocher from Britannic, when we interviewed oh, him, yeah. they got they got married. I did see that. I yeah. did see that. Yeah, good for them. So yeah. she's like a friend of a friend of the show. Hilariously, by the way, us. she put on her Instagram that uh, she had a couples therapy appointment during Guardian shooting, and she didn't have time to take the Nebula face paint off. So she posted <laughs> a selfie of her and Nick on a Zoom meeting with their therapist, and she's dressed as Nebula still. That's funny. Yes. Hilarious. <laughs> and yeah, she's doing all that acting behind all that makeup, which mm-hmm. is which is very very good. It's just I a showcase in my opinion for Karen Gillan's Nebula. I thought Mantis made me laugh. She made me laugh the hardest. So that yeah. was just I was thrilled with Mantis and her chemistry with uh, Dave Bautista. It, from the from the Christmas special through to this is just the best. The Christmas special has a, a nice play in the uh, one of the post-credit scenes as well, which I thought was a cute touch. Um, what would you think of the villain, Mike? Loved him. My God. I mean, I don't know much of Chukwudi Wuji's uh, history, his CV. I, I know, I mean, he's, he's, to me, been one of those, oh, that guy? Hmm. Uh, he's not going to be anymore. <laughs> I thought this was, like, the most impactful Marvel villain since, like, Thanos. He's that might be saying a lot, but he was great. He's over the top, and that's not always easy well, to pull Well, when off. you're playing God. <laughs> <laughs> You'd want him to choose some scenery, I agree, yeah. as a godlike character. But I think I think he's going to wind up being underrated as a villain in, in the MCU because so many other villains, let's just say they have, they have factored into the future so often. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of wish, I mean, I, I guess we're giving something away here, but I kind of wish he would factor more into the future, let's say that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, finally, I think Zoe Saldana, just a, a, a sneaky great performance as well, because she's playing an entirely new Gamora. That takes mm-hmm. a lot of tact. Good point. And she also has a ton of comedic scenes and a ton of emotional scenes playing opposite 
of uh, of Star Lord, which which just all worked. Again, well, well, Poulter too had to had to walk a tightrope between <laughs> being a big bad and being comic relief, and he I thought that it was. I mean, this was just a well casted movie. I also love that Will Poulter just gained a hundred pounds of muscle. Yeah, well, that's all natural. You know, he, he just decided <laughs> I'm in the MCU now. Here's a hundred pounds of muscle. <laughs> so good for him, and, and yeah, and, he, and it makes him funny. Like, you know, I guess. When, but I mean, he Will Poulter had a lot of scenes. <laughs> Sean Gunn had a lot of scenes. Yeah. You know, I cut you off there. I'm sorry. I, no, I it's good. Right Sean, they, yeah, no, the white guys did good too. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Production values, Michael. Uh, the soundtrack is the MVP, I would say. Even though some of the movie, some of the musical cues are kind of obvious. These songs are songs we've gotten sick of over the years because we listened to them so much back in the day. But some of them are just so great. And we'll get into one in particular was, in spoilers. Uh, uh, I didn't. What are we going to in spoilers? Can I talk about Space Hog in the meantime, or is that in well? That's that's my favorite. I'll say. And I was a, singing in my chair. I've the, had that on my Spotify playlist for the the whole year before the trailer yeah. came out. Oh yeah, it was the trailer song, and that was one of those colossal hits at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I was not a huge fan of that song at the time. I have aged into that song to where I love it. Oh now. really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I I mean I it's not. Before I got Spotify, it wasn't one that I like thought of often. But like mm-hmm. once I put it on my track and it kept coming up, I'm like, God damn, <laughs> what yeah. a song! That's a great song. It's an absolutely great song. And then the way it's used in this movie is mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, the VFX is probably the best case and the highest likelihood for an Oscar. However, I don't know if this is the best VFX of a Guardians film. Did what? what how do you rank those? Like uh, the second one was so cartoonish that it was hard to gauge. The first one. I felt like we were pl- on planets more often where the the VFX was really accentuated. I can't be unbiased uh, ever, but also in this case, because I don't like whenever people talk about the camera was moving too much and I was getting motion sick and blah, blah, blah. I always thought I never could relate to that because the first like half hour of this movie and the first couple battle scenes the camera's moving all over. You're getting close-ups and fade-backs and blast shots and, like, things are exploding. I, I was just like, this is this is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot for me, and I need to, like, look down for a second. So it was the first time in my life I felt like maybe I was getting a little motion sick. Oh, it, wow. it was a lot of stuff going on with the camera and movements and VFX. You're old now. That's what yeah, happened. that might you're be just, it. That might actually be it. You've aged. Mm-hmm. You've aged over Could have hit that nail on the head there. Is I think uh, I think we all go through a stage where we like go on a million roller coasters when we're young. Yep. And then you ever you ever go back to amusement park in your twenties? It's a good point. No, I, I haven't been in quite some time, but now I, a roller coaster would turn me off. You're right. Beat the ever living hell out of me. Yeah. I remember like this is what I used to, I used to ride like these this one coaster like twenty times in a mm. day. Just let my brains get battled. I would go on it once in my mid twenties, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm gonna go play some overpriced carnival games. Yeah, I beat the point. hell. Good Couldn't point. handle it. So I haven't been. I probably haven't. I don't think I've been to an amusement park since like 26 years old. Mm. But uh, yeah. So now, yeah, you're making fun of me for not watching Hardcore Henry. <laughs> here 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 we go wow you have been harboring that resentment for a while <laughs> yeah that's a deep pull i think you made fun of me like seven six years ago yeah episodes ago 
but so the VFX is is very good. I just don't know how good. I don't know if this is like an undeniable. You must nominate this movie for VFX. I mean, they've done it twice before at the. I Oscars, guess let's so. see what it, what happens in the box office. Let's see how it you know maintains its momentum with uh, audience appreciation. We'll see. Right. Marvel's the, usually good for one spot, right? Well, typically. So will will Guardians get it or not? We don't know. The makeup and hairstyling is excellent. Obviously, mm-hmm. the villain character. It's excellent with him. It's uh, it, you get enough new faces. However, I wonder if there's so much recycled makeup and hairstyling from all these recurring characters that it's it doesn't feel as fresh as the first time we saw it, where they did get the nomination back in 2014, 15. Good point. Uh, it's the the same idea as like, well, will Dune two be recognizing those categories if we've seen these main characters already? Yeah costumes i don't care they're getting my oscar because they're hilarious just the freaking nathan fillion costume oh my god i, I just, so what the hell was going on i there? don't care i <laughs> just it was so funny was that supposed to be just like that is it was that his body or is that a costume it's a costume it's a, the suit but why was it other other beings bodies everything at that place was organic it was made of meat people are on, on the internet are like the meat station like, and then, but it registered to me as like, oh, this is a being wearing that whose body looks like that, and his head happened to be Nathan Fillion. <laughs> just funny. No, I just no. It's funny. It's just like he's wearing like a fist. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, the sound. I don't register sound. Is was the sound good? I, I saw what? it twice. I don't. I register. heard this movie. You heard it. Okay. Yeah, I got I got I mean it's a, it sounded like a space opera. Well, I guess uh, you know, if it's Star Wars, it gets nominated. If it's Marvel, maybe it doesn't. And, and this is the best production design and cinematography for that matter of the Guardian series, but I don't think they're breaking into either of those categories. In yeah, fact, I'll I'll quarrel with the cinematography just because I got sick. <laughs> okay. But uh, let's just put it the, the cinematography that jumps out to me is the finale. Like the third act cinematography, some of it is just pitch perfect but i would say that the production design category is locked because we've already locked it that's true we we do have so there's episode. there is no room and we have pricked the uh five to seven nominees and the winner <laughs> no i think we, that one was five right we no we both on agreed five. on five yeah, it's it's, right. it's locked so that's, I done. Mean, the, that's done it's done the five nominees are set go back and listen to our predictions 100 percent accurate predictions episode we probably should do an updated predictions episode later this summer but we'll have to call it 90 percent accurate because if we change anything 50 percent accurate right it just, the, the the surety goes down the closer we get to the oscars. absolutely absolutely by the time the day before the oscars when we do our actual predictions we can call those the zero percent accurate predictions so what's an over under for guardians this is, is a 0.5 or is this it a 1.5 right or a I mean, what do you 5. there's no slam dunk nom here right so they, this is more of a film study for us to just have yeah. fun with a movie that we liked. Go watch it, right? I mean, that's that's. there's a lot of laughs to be had here. We will, I mean, we didn't touch on it maybe enough, but there are legitimate concerns about animal abuse, but I would say those concern you're not really shown much at least, but they're legitimate concerns and that it is present yeah. in the plot. Yeah, and for human uh Abuse. Who cares about that? <laughs> a lot of murder. A lot of but death hey, in this movie. On the other side, I mean, this is a story about not only a raccoon and his origins and his animal friends, but a golden retriever plays a huge role oh in my Act God. 3. <laughs> love. Just, I love them so much. Did you know that was Maria Bakalova? Yeah, I did. I didn't. I did not. 
I'm pleased to know that now. She's great. She's hilarious. She is, absolutely. All right, let's go into spoilers. Spoilers ahead! This is a spoiler warning. This is the spoiler section for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the movie review brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oski. If you've not seen the movie yet, this is a good place for you to hit pause on us. Go check it out at your local theater. We'll be here waiting for you when you come back to hit play. If you've seen the movie already, if you just need to hear our thoughts on the ins and outs of the plots and all spoilers therein, this is where you want to be. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the movie review brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Michael. Yes, spoilers now. Get out if if you don't want to know. Did you think that we were going to get a major death in this film, Michael, because I did this movie had me, it had me going and I was, I had my heart in my throat, you know, just going up with all the ups and downs of my first watch. I was afraid for rocket. I was afraid for rocket even after. Oh, you thought rocket was going to be the big death. I thought he, I thought he was going to die after they saved him because then he would have sacrificed himself heroically. I never thought Rocket was in danger, but I thought Star-Lord was dying, for sure. And then when we got to the, you know, him being frozen out in space at the end there, I was like, uh, that makes sense. Fitting in. But we heard before the movie that this was Gamora's, or this was Zoe Saldana's last one. This was Dave Bautista's last one. I thought for sure somebody was going to sacrifice themselves. And I was going to be a puddle of tears. But in the way this movie was going, I mean, he really set us up because you had the... uh, the opening was this big, ominous, you know, emotional, just like music to the all the Guardians' faces. On oh, it the was Marvel yeah. I mean, logo, it was right? it was a music video for the group. I mean, you get a literal music video when they're walking in the no sleep till Brooklyn action scene, going into the bridge there in the big fight scene. That's like the Mar- the Guardians' payoff. You well, know? once so, yeah. that happens, I'm like, all right, everybody's living. This is great. This oh, really? Living. Yeah. Once See, that I happens, thought I thought that was like the was here good. you go, here's your last look, enjoy it. Oh, yeah, I, I, I want because that move once that moment happened, I'm like, this movie's just we're having fun. But like before that, I was like, oh, no, the, the rocket's dead for sure. Interesting. And then I, th- I thought Drax and Gamora and, and Peter might all die. I, I, I was worried. I thought they were going to kill off the Guardians and reboot them hard. But I, I was I was duped. I was fooled. I was. Yeah, I did. You know, I should not have worried. Well, you are getting a reboot of them, right? I mean, that's how this, the the movie ends. So that's if, the question. How how are we going to get the Guardians going forward, do you think? They're just going to show up in other space adventure movies, or we're going to get a Guardians 4? Because Marvel's kind of said, especially after Thor 4 and... Yeah, you they're, know, they're easing up work. on the uh, the sequels. Uh, I think that came from Iger directly. Right. Uh, I would not expect the Guardians movie any time soon. Right. But maybe they they do eventually. I mean, Pop if they if they're the best parts of other Marvel movies, then they're gonna reboot Guardians. Sure, it's gonna happen. And I would take an eighty-seven movie series about Cosmos the dog. <laughs> how about this? Like DCU implications. What does this mean for James? Gun- like, how important is James Gunn's brand after this movie? That he brought his Guardians home to the point where DC fans are just... Uh, do they feel like, is Superman going to make $2 billion now? I'm going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't interested in it before, but James, when's the last time James Gunn missed? I mean, he's yeah. and he's been on, on the record talking about... Uh, somebody asked him directly, have you 
talked to any of your actors about bringing them over? And he said, yes, explicitly. So you might be able to, you might see some of these guardians cross over to some DC characters. I could see it. All right. I mean, in terms of the major plot lines though, we can get into kind of the story and break this one down a little bit. It's, it's a remarkably simple storyline, which I think when Marvel's at its best, or at least lately, you know, coming away from the infinity war thing, when Marvel's at its best, the storylines are simple. Maybe when yeah. Disney's at its best, the storylines are simple. But this is simple. Rocket gets almost mortally wounded. They got to save Rocket. So, it, very simple, very effective. You know, it would have been nice if Rocket was given this reverence at any point in the trilogy prior, though. Like, it felt kind of out of left field that, oh, Rocket all of a sudden is this important enough character that the that God himself needs to chase him down. Like you could have traded the high evolutionary as like a mini Thanos in like some post credit scenes prior. You know what I mean? They, they did explain it though. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. They did an adequate enough job, but I'm saying like, you might've left some money on the table here. Maybe, but I, I do like how they explained it because the rocket character was like the only one of the high evolutionaries, uh, creations to show any, improvisation like any mental improvisation mm. yeah I, I, I like i said they did an adequate enough job of explaining it within but again if you're like you know thanos needs the stones and the avengers are causing thanos some trouble all throughout so <laughs> my rocket's not an unfamiliar character to us he's not a guy he's not adam warlock in this movie we didn't just meet him he's been mm -hmm. around for a decade so if he's that if he pisses off god enough that god's been hunting him down for a decade let me know that God's looking for this guy. You know what I mean? That's all. <laughs> and he sent his golden boy, literally, right. to go get <laughs> <Right>. him. <laughs> but, I mean, it's there's there's like five quote-unquote storylines in this. You got the Rocket backstory that he's flashing back to. You got the golden boy going after Rocket, trying to retrieve him, which comes into the, the finale extremely important. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the beginning and end, you know, Adam Warlock is a huge character and his redemption with Groot saving his life was very touching yep and then you have uh, a very simple one two three i shouldn't have said storyline i should have said sequences but there's one two three sequences to the let's save rocket the guardians save rocket storyline or guardians and rocket storyline because sequences one and two and then uh, save him and then sequence three he's actually fighting the high evolutionary but it, it's great. Like you, you have two space adventures in this. You don't have seventeen like Star Wars, you know, Episode Nine. Right. You have two. <laughs> they go to the meat station, and then they go to the Counter Earth, which is hysterical because it's the BoJack Horseman landscape. <laughs> and like the trailer, it, we knew it would be funny, and it was funny. Like yes. Drax on a couch and Nebula doesn't know how to open a car door. We've seen this stupid thing in the trailers. Those jokes are done in the trailers and they're still funny. In well, the they hit the F bomb in the trailer. Marvel's first F bomb. <laughs> now you open the fucking door. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. A well-placed I mean, F bomb makes things very funny. <laughs> that That's good. And then Mantis and Drax just kill me there. And he just like, you know, just he just knocks the biker, but Mike, the whole planet dies, and it's never spoken of again. I, uh, that was not good. So, um, how, <laughs> like the Riddler wanted to blow up a dam in Batman, <laughs> <laughs> and he had floor laid plans, and it became the huge reveal in Act Three. 
Mm-hmm. No, we it's just a, like the place just explodes. We, <laughs> we, we things spend, are just exploding. We spend all this time with the Good Samaritan bat mo- monkey people, right? <laughs> who save that or who give them shelter, and then they're joking about a couch, which is hilarious. Uh-huh. And now and, they're decimated. And then the whole planet has died because we saw one giant squid drug dealer and one some you know somebody fighting a porcupine guy like what the hell who laced the planet with explosives (laughs) how long did that take i mean it's almost like princess leia and alderaan like we blow up a whole planet and then never talk speak of it again (laughs) like obviously all right you know the 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 high evolutionary uses it as as leverage he's like yeah i blew up that whole planet i'll kill your people too What the hell? Like yeah. that was messed up. I'm, yeah, I'm a little that. much. A little yeah, much. A little, you know, you can't just yada yada past the whole planet. <laughs> but but they have this big rock star. Like the escape plan. It's not. It's not a. It's not a trap. It's a face off. This escape plan from that where they just jump out the freaking window. I'm like belly laughing. It's the good stuff. And then group grow, glows uh, grows wings. Yeah, that was good. That and was good. and you think they're gonna torture the science? You know, they're gonna. To get this scientist to give him the thing. No, they just kill him immediately. They Austin powers him. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, this guy's just been like a jerk the whole movie. We're gonna get like this satisfying way where he's gonna, you know turn the tables on them, but then they'll kill him or whatever. It'll be good revenge. No, they just immediately bre- break their fall mm-hmm. with this with this a hole <laughs> with no consequences to them. By the way, right? No, they're and they fine. Es- Escape from the planet. They're yeah. fine. Oh, my God. That's really funny. And, uh, yeah, I guess if you're going to make a comedic scene about blowing up an entire planet of fake people, that's the way to do it. We're we're evil is what I'm coming to right here. We're, we love this movie, and maybe maybe normal, happier critics have a right not to love this movie entirely. I don't know. Look, maybe... I mean, I think the, the general consensus when it comes to movie watching is that yeah. Screw people, don't hurt animals. <laughs> so true. Like we, we understand like this is a you know, a goofy plot point. Right. Yeah. Right. We're not feeling for <laughs> these characters. The the Nadu Nada Mabundy man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry for you, man. <laughs> How about the distressed husband in that scene too? Be like, ah, oh, this is gonna be awful. And he just knows it, even though we can't understand his language, it's all in the facial expressions and stuff. <laughs> Is that your car out front? <laughs> How do they understand English, by the yeah, way? Yeah, no, that's it. It makes no sense. None of nothing about what happened on that planet makes sense. <laughs> This is not an A movie. <laughs> but I love how they bungle the plan. I mean, you can't have a group that's arguing with one another for the entire film, you know, then have perfect execution. Perfect coherence, yeah. Yeah, you can't do that. So, of course. But they still care about each other, so they do go to try and save Quill from the from the spaceship, even though Quill left the spaceship, and now they're stuck on the spaceship, and so Quill has to circle back and get them off the spaceship. Right. It's a cute family story. It's really funny, and then what's more important what the rising stakes are now now we have to save all of the scientific experiments like rocket and rocket gets to be this you know the head of the spear there so that was i thought they missed an opportunity where when they do finally save the animals at the end and whoever goes to quill and is like i thought we were just saving the higher beings mm-hmm. how do you not write we are yeah. that should have been quill's response instead of i did too he goes, I did too. But no, you should have said we are. And that's how you're getting the animals out. Like, that would have been a nice touch. Right. Well, it's a nitpick. 
Quill had to almost die, so he had to, you know, lose some plot armor there for a second, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but the whole... I didn't like that. Like, who cares if Quill almost dies at the end? I mean, that's what I'm saying, because, like... I don't know. He's just not my favorite character anymore. I thought it would have been much stronger if in, you know, remember when they all clasp hands during the Infinity Stone kind of uh, wrestling it away from the bad guy at the end of the first movie? Mm-hmm. And they all clasp hands and they're powerful enough. I thought they all should have gotten caught in the, you know, in, in the doorway of space there. And then, you know, the Golden Boy could have saved them all. Oh, interesting. Just as easily. Like, why don't we do that? But I, I get how they're trying to make it a much cleaner sequence, but I would, I would have written it the other way, but I, mm. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, that would have worked. Yeah. No, hire me, Disney. I mean, <laughs> or pay your current writers or a fair pay your current wage. writers, Either which would yeah. be good. Uh, but don't the, ask your producer uh, writers to work during his work. Stay. No, I'm going to keep going. Go ahead. Still. I love the decision to shift the story to rocket. I thought they handled the flashbacks very well. I mean, the, the Lila and rocket and floor and teeth's, my heart just hurts. It Michael. is a tough scene. I mean, it's a tough scene when we lose Rocket's friends. And the we lose joy the, yeah. of the scenes pre prior to that. Right. And that's, I didn't necessarily, tough, yeah. I didn't believe they were all going to die. I didn't necessarily. Either. Like, because I'm expecting actual guardians to die, but you have to prove the stakes in these movies. Somebody has to die. Usually it's the mentor hero, right? But somebody has to die in these stories and to kill those adorable animals and then to make them haunt him from beyond the, the <laughs> white light. I don't know but, that they were haunting him. Well, I but, would put it like that. But because I'm sitting there with a lump in my throat. I figured Rocket was going to almost die mm-hmm. and then he was going to save all of the experiments and then die. And, uh, and he would finally reunite with the Otter girlfriend. Uh, I wouldn't have liked that, but yeah, I could see. I mean, I, I don't want Rocket to die. I agree. So th- I'm glad they did it this way. Yeah. Uh, they did apparently have a script or two where a lot of characters did die. So I don't think this was, I don't think this was accidental. I think they were playing with their fates. I wonder if there was an edict from like Feige too, being like, we need as many guys alive right now because we need to figure out <laughs> where we're going and what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, terms of the ending, I, I, I think, uh, I think the highlight is certainly the hallway fight, the no sleep till Brooklyn. That was shot incredibly well. I have no idea. I was watching that thinking, how is this being done? Is it all CGI? It must've been right. But not all, but I mean, it's, it's a mix, but then they, they go back and forth between the slow motion and fast motion, which is, it just, it's the simplest camera thing, camera trick, but it works so well. Because you get to you get to enjoy the action in a master shot, and then you get this you know experience the fast motion of it, and it just drops your jaw. Yeah. And then of course you got all the character moments, like every character is using all their signature moves. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. It's great. Batista should have power bombed somebody. Uh, well, it's it's pretty darn good still because he it's, finally gets uh, the it's, knife it's back. It's the up. best, yeah, the best best scene of the movie. Oh my god, my bloodlust was at its peak. <laughs> And I get all of that gray blood. And you know what was great, too? That Adam Warlock's <laughs> new pet joining them in that scene. Just for what, yeah, that, that whatever that doggy is, <laughs> just running around surviving. Yeah, that was nobody, great. Nobody just backhands that thing to death. No, 
He's just there hanging out. I, I love that whatever Snuffleupagus, baby Snuffleupagus <laughs> thing is. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, the, we have Rocket and the Guardians teaming up on, you know, the High Evolutionary 2 in a very quick death scene, we think. Like, all right, is he dead? Does it matter? I mean, the fact that he had no face and it, they showed it in that detail, like that was, I guess, Two-Face-like from The Dark Knight. I guess you could show that level of grotesquerie, but like we probably should have mentioned this in non-spoilers, but is this a movie for kids or kids just much tougher now? Uh, Yes. To the second part of that. Okay. (laughs) I can say that for sure. It is PG 13, right? Yeah. It's a PG 13 movie. So I I feel like this movie could be rated R in previous decades. I mean, I think that's us being old. R is a little much now. R they're probably one booby. What was the first R rated movie? Away, you saw? Right? The, the first one? I yeah. don't know. It might have been. The first one I saw, like with friends at a movie theater, was yeah. The Jackal. What's The Jackal? No, what's not. The Jackal was uh, Bruce Willis. <laughs> it was a spy. Does anyway, he, does he wield a gun and take down bad guys in that one? He takes down <laughs> Jack Black. Does he really? One. Jack Black's like first movie. Oh wow! All right. He was an arms dealer, and guess what? This the bad guy spy is just going to shoot the arms dealer. It's just it's cleaner that way. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Why am I almost spoiling so much? Spoiling the jackal. Wrong? Well, I'm just I'm just saying like I don't know that this one would hold up to the first you know the R movies even back of yesteryear. Okay, yeah, you're probably that's probably wise to say. I I would agree with that. I, I think. Uh, I, I just think it was darker than I expected. Let's just put it that way. Much yeah, darker. I, would, I could agree with that. And and the reveal is, you know, the, the face reveal. Yeah, it's probably jarring taken in a vacuum, but the whole movie is also leading up to that point. Mm-hmm. Like you get to the point where you kind of need to, at least I like, I need to see that face off. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you to unclip your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once, the, once one of the sutures came undone. Right. I was like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah. We're going to have to get a look-see. <laughs> I've come a long way since we started this podcast. You have. I'm very I agree proud of you. with you on that. I I'm going to have handle, to ask you to remove your face. I couldn't handle any of this when we started. Now I'm going to see Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> By yourself. of the future. Despite the most grotesque trailers. Ugh. Very proud of you. Some more best stuff. Obviously, the bad dog stuff with Cosmo. You, you, you've mentioned it a few Hysterical. times already. Yeah. Uh, the the stuff between Nathan Fillion with the moron coworker. He goes and oh, the flux capacitor is just brilliant. And the guy's like, <laughs> "Yep, yep, yep." There, there, there's no such thing as a flux capacitor. I just said that. I thought you were talking about something else. And then he just keeps it as a running joke throughout. Don, I'm I'm laughing. It's really fun, uh, funny. Oh, but but I I skipped the Drax giving Peter a Zargna when he's pining for <laughs> Gamora, and then Mantis yeah. asking Drax, well, "You get? I want a Zargna," and he's like, "I'm I'm all out." <laughs> I I gave him the last one, and then of course he slowly eats a Zargna. Like Dave after Batista, a I mean, it's great writing too. Batista has chops, man. <laughs> he's he's got the most emotion. Like I felt the most emotional during his epilogue. Yeah, when he's saying goodbye to Mantis as she leaves with the three. Giant Absolutely. Twins. 
this movie's so fucking stupid. <laughs> the three giant squids leave. I'm in tears because the bug lady. <laughs> There's one of the scenes where they're like, we could just send bug and asshole over there to get the thing. I'm dying. I think it's when they when they get to the meat station. <laughs> the station made of meat. Bug, asshole, you go. <laughs> I think it's Gamora barking out the orders. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know anybody's names. Oh God, that's, this movie. Yeah, a lot of funny stuff. And ma- the funniest scene to me: Mantis hypnotizing the guard, who we later learn his name <laughs> is Beetle Snort, <laughs> to Hypnot- fall in love with Batista. Yeah, hopelessly in love with him. <laughs> and he's just resigned to it because she does this all the time, but we've never seen his- it before. <laughs> deadpan face is the funniest part of that scene and obviously she's almost dying laughing which is killing me and then every time (laughs) my name's beetle snort (laughs) oh i was dying uh yeah and then peter with the rat catcher two uh actress daniela melchior melchior purple lady uh, charming her in front of gamora really funny Uh, just really good um yeah, I think I think we've hit on I think we've hit on everything I've written down. Oh, what's the, the biggest the, God. Two other things I didn't like. Cuz I, I was going to say what's the biggest drawback for you? So go. Well, BoJack Horseman Planet dying. <laughs> it was bad. That was a bad look. Yeah, cuz of one drug deal. <laughs> one drug deal. Uh and then but the, the fact that it, it never mentioned again, but Craglin flying their home nowhere. Into the big battle at the end was probably a bad move. You know, that was dumb. But he was asked to. Yeah, he was, which was dumb. Like, bring the <laughs> Ravager fleet. We just met the fleet of all the good guys who's one of their favorite people is involved in this nightmare. So she could have just summoned them. No. Anyway, Craglin yeah. just learning to use the arrow because he sees a ghost of Yandu who tells him to use his heart to mass murder people. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. <laughs> And it's so audacious. Use your heart. And then he just kills. He kills like 50 bad guys. Yeah. Fair point. Didn't think of that. Yeah. But that was stupid because he could barely let the thing fly at all. Anyway. uh, And where is Peter's space mask? Hmm. Like he's the one who gets stuck in open space later. Why didn't I thought I thought for sure that was when he was going to put on his space mask. Put on his Star Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been a hero moment. You wouldn't need. I mean, I guess it was it was better that Adam Warlock saved him. That was fine. That was cool. No, so, those are good. So what's the, I mean? So the biggest drawback for you of everything is the the planet, and <laughs> just never never mentioning it again. You blew up an entire planet <laughs> that we did. It's not just like an anonymous planet. Right. Oh, isn't that horrible? Alderan, <laughs> Alderan, the Leia. They had the best hairstylists in the galaxy, or at least the most creative. No, you don't just show us a planet getting blown up. You, we actually you spend, spend time, time <laughs> get with to know the citizens, good Samaritans who are just adorable and charming and like us in every way. <laughs> the panda guy, when the panda guys mow his lawn, I'm just I spit out my soda. <laughs> I just, I was like, <laughs> oh my god, what about the carrot guy? <laughs> 
Oh, yes. looks like a carrot. The guy looks like a carrot. <laughs> and then he breathes kill. a sigh of relief. <laughs> oh, dying. Yes. Yeah. Just so yeah. funny. Yeah. Really I funny. mean, I guess if you're going to, like, this is all we ask. This is what I guess makes us different because we're dummies. But, like, right. if you're going to fail, fail hilariously. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> Do something yeah, that if, makes us gutter laugh. If you're going to tell us a ridiculous story, even though I, 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 would, I would pound the table that this story is structurally sound. It I agree. Like, and that's, I mean, we are story snobs here more than anything. And, like, if there were shortcomings or like giant, you know, gigantic, unmissable yeah. plot holes that really affect the canon here, we're, we'd point those out. I just don't think they're present to, for the most part. I don't think so either. I mean, my yeah, I, I've already stated my quibbles and quabbles, but yeah, I think this is pretty sound. It, it, you know, just the way the stories collide, the fact that the whole third act is about saving scientific experiments and the whole flashback is about showing us how you know terrifying that situation is yeah so you, you just prove the whole third act i mean it worked beautifully i thought so like look this is like to me the highs may not be quite as high as other marvel films but this is a good time it's a fun hang the story works all the production values are good i got quibbles but nothing i mean this is an a minus in a weird way i mean i guess not weird because of what we know about james gunn but like yeah, I'm so so excited for DC offerings now from him. Yeah, you know, I am I mean, too. Because th- whatever this comedy is, it's right up. I'm thinking of that carrot guy. And I cannot stop smiling now. <laughs> he <laughs> looks we, so ridiculous compared to everybody else. We shouldn't we shouldn't have wondered because Suicide Squad was good, right? Obviously, the other Guardians movies are good. Peacemaker is really good. I guess the question is like, can he be serious enough with a Superman offering? Because we're always used to like the noble and righteous, you know, Cal I L. Would love to ask a com- a comics es- expert to know if Superman ever has some levity about the story, because there should be, shouldn't there? With the Clark Kent just having a, you know, the molecular man glasses <laughs> and he fools everybody. <laughs> but yeah, does we know, he know? molecular. Like- does does his planet know comedy and sarcasm? <laughs> Do you know the Conan O'Brien SNL skit that I'm I think referencing so. here? I remember the Mechel Conan Man. O'Brien. He's got like his cape peering out of his uh, jacket, and he works at the office. And he's like, and every time somebody says "molecular," he's got to say "I'm the molecular man." <laughs> <laughs> Even at the office, and they all know he's molecular. <laughs> anyway, Superman should be funnier. Do you think he'll make it funny is my question. I don't know. I wonder if he's going to make it too funny. Like, we'll like it. If it's this tone, we'll love it. But I'm sure yeah. there's some Superman and DC purists out there who will be, like, you know, offended by that. Yeah. We're 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 a little mean-spirited. We mm-hmm. like some mean-spirited humor because we're me- we're a little mean just <laughs> at our heart at our deepest hearts so we're okay with that the, and uh the face it, on that carrot guy was ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was the, so much more animated than anyone else there <laughs> like the, if, if you look at the, at the prosthetics they put on him he had like so many more wrinkles and was so Oh, cartoonish compared to everybody else. Gamora's like, let's kill that carrot guy. Just show me mean business. <laughs> and he's like, oh. 
good well, job. Uh, we'll good be watching job, it, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm a B plus on this as well. I couldn't I couldn't go all the way with an A, but I'm like an 88, 89. I'm right up against it. It was, it's just one of the best times I've had at the movie in a, quite some time. Good, good. All right, we had a film study. We high fived on a movie. You ready for a month of disappointments to follow? Because <laughs> we're talking can be now. No. <laughs> talk talk the Oscars it. movies. It's been a good year so far. I mean, you got to watch all the John Wicks just to get to number four. We both loved Air. Yeah, like it's a good year so far. We got a couple really good movies so far. We got we got our money's worth at least out of Scream, which was yeah. nice. Yeah, we're I a good saw year. I saw a theory about how it's impossible for any of the killers in Scream 6 to have been the killer who attacked, did the first attack that led to the uh, the bodega that we let's, see in the preview. Let's do an entire episode on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm game. Because I missed it. I, I've I watched it twice. I, it's on my Paramount Plus now that I'm, I have not canceled yet because I need to rewatch Scream 6 again, and I don't want to pay for it. Yeah, maybe that's what I'll do with the rest of my day. Not going to watch the Celtics and Sixers? How dare you? <laughs> I might, I might watch it. Guys, that's always what matters most to us are your thoughts. Have you seen Guardians? What did you think? And what did you think, spoiler wise and non spoiler wise? How high do you think it'll climb at the box office? Let us know that, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. As always, you can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcast or Spotify app. If you appreciate what we do here, uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, those help us out immensely. Uh, what is next for us, Michael? Let's have some words of wisdom. Well, we probably got to do an Oscar race checkpoint um, at some point soon again. Uh, otherwise, I don't know. Yeah, we got to talk about it. What's next? Yeah. But I mean, the writers strike some big updates uh, that you were tweeting about. And I think uh, I think we can kind of delve deeper into some box office stuff stuff. But but look, I mean, we have the Cannes Film Festival is coming soon. So, you know, not this week, but next week. And that's going for the middle of May. Uh, And that goes right into Tribeca. So and we got a ton of cool movies coming out at the beginning of uh, of of June with uh, Into the Spider-Verse or Across the Spider-Verse, I should say, Spider-Man. you know, the Miles Morales uh, mm-hmm. animated film part two and then past lives, which should be a big Oscar player that I think we're both excited to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably our next two film studies there. The question is, do we do a film study on fast X just because fuck it? We should. <laughs> I think we have to, don't we? Do we I mean, just do it? Just throw it we in just there want and to be happy. talk about the, all the damage. The, the latest trailer was a lot of fun. I was watching the fast X trailer before this movie and Talk about chewing some scenery like Aquaman's having a good time, man. The, the number of times I've gone to a uh, Miami street race where everybody has a gun on them. I can't tell you. <laughs> Jason Momoa is enjoying life filming that movie. He's 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 enjoying himself. So that could be good. Oh, it yeah. could be terrible. It could be terrible, but it could be terribly good in, in that way. I would, so that, I'd bet on both. <laughs> i mean there's a there's a moment in the trailer it's like well you guys have been doing this for a while what are you gonna do next uh let's blow up the vatican <laughs> <laughs> something like that where the, the big reveal of the trailer we're gonna blow up the vatican now <laughs> i was i was dying so fast x might have to be it yeah 
<laughs> and speaking of Batista, how has he not got invited to that series? Right? Yeah, he belongs there. You wait. Were we sure he was not in there at some point? I'm pretty I sure. The Rock was in there. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. You know, he he's above that. <laughs> <laughs> he might be. Like, <laughs> like no joke. He's way too good of an actor. Oh, God. <laughs> I love them so much, though. We had a blast doing the Fast and Furious rewatch, and uh, yeah, we probably got to review that. There you Complete. Go. The the end begins. <laughs> <laughs> this is all just leading up to us doing that Transformers rewatch series. You wait. You Here's wait another thing: the second trailer is awesome for the Beast Wars. Did you watch the? Tra- did you no, get there early enough it. to see the trailers? No, but they I, had I like this Warner Mike. Go watch the latest uh, Transformers trailer. It's superior to the first one. Oh, intri- I was not expecting that. Okay. I was not either. I'm I watching s- this trailer. S- I'm like, because there's uh there's Beetlebug or whatever, the Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah. Bumblebee like jumps off and like Captain Marvel is twirling and shooting all these robots out of the sky. It was gorgeous. And then there's this one under uh, this one shot of like Optimus Prime, you know, fighting a hundred different beast bots underneath a giant alien spaceship and they don't cut and it's it's tremendous interesting okay i did see on twitter uh there was some theater that played the little mermaid trailer and the transformers trailer at the same time over each other (laughs) (laughs) the little mermaid does not look good by the way i think i'm with swell these trailers are getting progressively worse yeah well it's going to make a billion dollars still, potentially, because it's a good story. Good Has talent. any live-action remake looked good? Yeah. Like the Aladdin trailer we hated, the Lion King trailer looked weird. The VFX looks awful. Yeah, it's I mean, just kind of standard for these. But, sad to say. Yeah, Disney's over overstretched with mm. that, with the VFX. That's why I'm like, this movie, like, the, the, the VFX worked enough. So I don't know if it's going right. to get Oscar nominated, but it, it was good. Right. Maybe I'm just a spoiled brat, and that, that's where I'm a spoiled brat. <laughs> you know, this $300 million worth of VFX wasn't up to my standards. You want some VFX and some explosions? We'll talk Fast X soon. <laughs> Guys, when reality sucks, you can talk about VFX with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you very soon. See ya. See ya.